0: Hi, I'm Beth Fuller, and you're listening to the Food Adventures Podcast. I know the world can feel intimidating or scary at times, but I'm here to tell you it doesn't have to be. Through the lens of food, we can learn so much about one another, celebrate our differences, and maybe eat some tasty food along the way. Are you ready to do this? I know I am. So let's go on a food adventure together right now. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Food Adventures Podcast. I'm your host, Beth Fuller, and this is episode three. Now before we get started, I just want to do a little housekeeping and a helpful reminder. You can find all of the show notes for everything we're about to talk about on my website, www.elisabethrfuller.com. So sit back, put down that pen, and just enjoy the show. And one last thing. If you have any questions about food, about an adventure, about anything, I'm here for you. So please submit all of your questions to let's go on a food adventure at gmail.com. If you want to include a voice memo of your question, I will insert it into the show, and you, my friends, can be on the show. How fun is that? So in the spirit of January, all things new, I thought we could answer a couple of questions regarding some new things and talk about some maybe healthy things. I have been doing Weight Watchers on and off, hmm, for what feels like a thousand years. I've also tried Noom. My mom talked me into doing the, oh, that was it called? Not the Mediterranean diet, not the Long Beach diet, South Beach maybe? It was a beach. It was a beach in the early 2000s and the diet that went along with it. And I did it. I have been on this, uh, I'll use a millennial term, weight loss journey. My releasing of my weight journey for a long, long, long time. Learned a lot. Yep. Mm -hmm. I have. I have. But uh, I've also tried my best to... I mean, I try to eat relatively healthy throughout the week for the most part, but it's almost like I eat really well and I'm not drinking too much, and then all of a sudden I just hit a wall and I'm like, where is the junk food? Where are my pieces of dark chocolate? Where is, you know, and then it's a landslide from there. A good example of my willingness to kind of try Any kind of diet would be the one time in my life that I decided to try a juice fast. Now, keep in mind, I was probably 24, flat broke, working at a cafe in Coronado. Um, Me and the two other gals that worked there, one her name was Misty. Misty, if you're listening, I love you, girl. I still think about you. I so wish that we lived closer. Uh, You always, always, always uh, cracked me up. We always had so much fun together. And the other girl that worked with us, I think her name was like Megan or let's call her Megan. Anyway, the three of us talked about doing a juice fast or cleanse or something. Megan was a rail, teeny tiny waif of a gal. She decided, and I think she did it for two weeks, that horrible water with cayenne pepper and maple syrup thing and lemon I At one point, me and Misty thought she was going to die, like literally going to die. I think she had to go to the hospital. I could be wrong with that. I decided to do this juice cleanse, let's call it, or fast. I didn't own a juicer. I didn't have any money to buy juice. So at the cafe that I worked at, they had a juicer. So yours truly (laughs) would wake up, go to the cafe in the morning, make a ton of juice all day long. And then at night when I go home, my, and I'm not a doctor, I'm not a nutritionist, but I imagine my blood sugar was through the roof. So when I crashed, it was like an epic heroin user coming off of an opiate addiction crash and burn of epic proportions. So that was day one. Day two, I woke up a little dizzy, not feeling so great. I'm like, must be the the detox happening. I bet all these toxins are being released from my body. No, no. I was putting myself in like a sugar, fruit, sugar-induced coma. Because you know I was not juicing like celery juice. You know it was all like tropical fruits, maybe some apple, maybe. And I mean maybe like half a carrot. And I was doing this all day long because what was I everybody all at once starving starving so that morning I woke up I'm like all right I'm gonna go to Vons it was it's a grocery store chain was I don't know if it still is out in San Diego and so I, I ran to Vons in the morning I sprung and I mean I, I can't stress how broke I was during this time I sprung for one of those naked juice smoothie things I'm like it's got protein powder in it maybe that'll help you're right and also a boatload of sugar, drink that, go to work, juice, 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 juice. Came home that night again, the epic crash and burn of 2004. So I was watching TV and that was at the time that we still had to watch commercials and a Carl's Jr. commercial came on. And it was, I think the one with like Paris Hilton on the car rolling around with a big burger in her hand. And I was like, Oh sweet baby Jesus! I need that burger right now. I looked at my ex boyfriend, my boyfriend at the time, and I was like, "I'm I'm going out and getting the burger." And he was like, "You're gonna break your it's you haven't even done this for a full two days." I'm like, "I don't care. I I don't. I literally need that burger right now in my mouth." I drove off in Coronado is like this tiny little peninsula peninsula e island off the coast of San Diego. I mean. It's not really off the... You know what I'm trying to say. Drove over the bridge, through the woods to grandmother's house. I went to find a Carl's Jr. to get some burger with onion rings and barbecue sauce and you name it on it. So, moral of the story, kids, don't juice. Don't do a juice fast. And if you do, I I guess celery juice or or something. I don't know. Just drink a lot of water. So, in in the theme of new all things new. When I'm trying to, you know, make a change in my diet or what I'm eating or create a new habit, sometimes getting something new is helpful, a new gadget, a new cookbook, something to then spark a little more inspiration in my um, cooking journey. So this leads me to our very first question tonight, today, whatever time you're listening to this, you know what I mean. So Ryan from Boston writes, there are so many kitchen gadgets out there. What are a couple I should put on the top of my list to buy? Ryan, I got you. And you know, when I read your question, I really thought about what do I use most in the kitchen on a daily basis? There's a couple of things that stand out. Number one, and I wouldn't say these are all kitchen gadgets, but they are things that i use that are either good investments in my opinion and again this is all just my opinion and it really also depends what you're cooking but i find that i use almost every day if not every other day a microplane i absolutely love using a microplane i use it for i use it for zesting things i use it for grating hard cheeses like Parmigiano-Reggiano, Pecorino-Romano. If you wanted to finely grate some ginger or garlic, I just feel like it's a tool that I find I use very frequently in the kitchen and I get a lot of mileage out of. And they're not very expensive, and I think it kind of elevates. Adding like lemon zest or lime zest or orange zest to something, to a dish, really elevates it. And adds that next dimension of flavor. I add the lemon zest to pastas. You name it. I like a good zest. So I think a microplane is great. Another one that I think is an incredible investment is a blender. I love my Vitamix. I know there's the Ninja. I think there's another brand out there. I got my Vitamix on the refurb section on their website. It came with a seven-year warranty. I don't know what was wrong with it that it was in the refurb section, and I don't care. I've had it for over ten years now. I use it probably once a week, and in the summer times, I use it every morning to make my smoothies. It steps your smoothie game up a whole to a whole nother level. So if you're into smoothies, a good investment is a blender. If you're not into smoothies, you can still make great soups and sauces. The the blender world there is endless of uh, awesome things. Nut butters, I can keep going, <laughs> but I think you get the point. Invest in a really good blender. Okay, just three more quick things on this one. Food scale. We talked about it in the interview with Sherry I did in episode two. I use the food scale constantly. I use it, one, to get a better idea of how much food I'm actually cooking. I weigh out my pasta before it goes in the water, things like that. So two ounces to me when I'm hungry is different than two ounces in reality. So I think that's really helpful. And if you decide to venture into baking, as Sherry mentioned, a food scale is for 20 bucks. It's just, it's invaluable, I think. I think it's a great investment. A knife, a really good knife. I think it's a great investment if you're really going to get serious about cooking a lot in your home. I think keeping a knife sharp is also key, a dull knife and it it is, it's just so painful to cut with and you can hurt yourself. So a good knife going to someplace like Williams-Sonoma and feeling the knives, having them, having the salesperson take out knives that you can feel, feel the weight of it, feel the way that it rocks in your hand. There's certain knives that I just prefer to cook with than others and that's my own personal preference. I am not a trained chef. My husband has, oh, Todd has bags of knives, and he has certain ones that he uses for certain things. He, I wouldn't say he's a collector of knives, but he has very special knives that I'm not allowed to touch. So, (laughs) but I have touched one from that special bag and now it is mine. I've claimed it as my own and I'm sorry, honey, you're never getting that knife back, but anyway a good knife. And if you don't want to buy it at Williams Sonoma, you want to find it somewhere else cheaper, that's fine. But I think it's important to physically touch the knife and see how it feels. And getting an all-purpose knife is a good investment at first. So I think that's, that's really good. The other thing are some decent cutting boards. I like butcher block. It's not my jam though, when it comes to actually keeping it clean and like, Cutting raw meat on it, I wouldn't wouldn't do that. As we all know, and I just said it, Todd is a culinary professional, so we have (laughs) color-coded cutting boards in our house, and they're large. And getting one large enough is such a good investment. It doesn't need to be the whole span of your countertop, but having one that's big enough that, like, as you're chopping up all of your veggies and your mise en place for what you're going to make – all, mise en place is just a french term and i know i mentioned it before and um and i probably say it a lot of all the little components that are going in your dish so when you're prepping your recipe you want to have enough space to like move the mushrooms aside move this aside move the onion aside but still have it all maybe on one cutting board so as you're putting it in the pan you didn't have to Cut a little, move it somewhere else. Cut some, oh, it fell on the floor. Cut some, oh, now it's on the countertop. So I think a large enough cutting board, one that's made of hard plastic, maybe get a couple that might be color-coded so you have one for veg, one for raw chicken, one for raw meat. Again, Amazon, super cheap. Happy to put a link on the website for all of these things. Ryan, thank you again for this question and happy cooking. Can't wait to hear what food adventures you go on with all your new found treasures. So our next question comes from Barb in Massachusetts. She writes, Can you freeze cilantro? Your dad says no, but I wanted to ask. I bought some and used a small amount and wondered if we could save it somehow. And full disclosure, you might have guessed, Barb is my father's girlfriend. Thanks, Barb, for this question. This summer I had a really fun time with the garden next to the side of our house. And one of the things I managed not to kill was all of the herbs. Parsley, sage, rosemary, thyme, lemon balm, basil, you name it, we had it. What did I do with all of them afterwards? And a good friend of mine and I had this conversation too because she had a similar issue that she went to the grocery store and bought a bunch of herbs and then was like, I don't want to kill them. What can I do with them? So with soft herbs, And I'm still testing this out, and this is what I've noticed. So a soft herb would be like basil, cilantro. I would even throw parsley and chives in that soft leaf, herby category. Other things I think hold up a little bit better when you freeze them, sage, rosemary, thyme. You can do it in two different ways. One, you can suspend it in oil. So if you take an empty ice cube tray and you cut all your herbs up, I would do this in batches, and I would clean the ice cube tray about, tray out after the fact. Unless you want to just mix a bunch together, like certain herbs mix very well together—rosemary, sage, thyme—you can mix those together if you wanted, or freeze them separately. Up to you. Fill the ice cube tray individually up with big chunk, big piles of these chopped up herbs, and then you can fill it with either oil, or you could suspend them in water. Either way, if you do it in a little bit of olive oil and freeze it, then all you have to do when you pull them out, I I froze them and then pop them out and put them in a Ziploc bag, label it back in the freezer. So before I start cooking, I take QB out with the oil and the herbs in it, throw it in the pan. It starts turn the pan on. It'll start melting and sizzling and bada-bing, bada-boom. That prep is done. Or you can do it another way and put it in water if you don't want your herbs coated in oil. So I've tried this now with basil, chives. I'm trying to think if there was another soft herb. Those two are the ones that stand out in my mind. And what I've found is I suspended them in water. And when I thaw them out, the leaves are definitely bruised from the freezing the water, I'm not, a, I'm not a scientist. I don't know exactly the molecular gastronomy of what happened. I just know that if they're going in a cooked dish and you don't need them to be like that pop of freshness on top, you're cooking the herbs in the dish, then it's fine. I would say the same thing would be probably okay with cilantro. But if you're trying to use that in a fresh preparation, which a lot of these herbs that I just mentioned, you actually finish with or you put in at the very end you want that fresh herbaceous pop then no Mm -mm. this is not that but if you're taking the cilantro so for example there's a ton of flavor in the stems of the herbs in the parsley stems in the cilantro stems and if you cut the leaves off and use as much of the leaves as you want you could freeze the stem part maybe as whole and you could put it in a base of a fun soup. If you're making beans, you could put it in the beans. Uh, but that's about the extent of it. I know. It, 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 the other thing you can try to do is put them in water in a cup in the fridge and see if they fare well that way. Or you can, I've noticed that if I take a damp paper towel, and I wrap the herbs in the damp, damp paper towel, and then I put them in like a Ziploc baggie or a little bit of saran wrap around it and put them in the fridge. They'll last maybe an extra week, maybe. But when cilantro starts going bad and it smells no bueno, you might want to cut your losses and take it for a ride in the country. But thank you for that question, Barb, and I hope this helps. So our next question comes from Mike in Raleigh, North Carolina. Mike asks, how do you know when spices are too old to use? Well, Mike, have I got some information for you and I think you're going to be surprised to hear this. So when a spice has gone bad, it usually just means that it might not be as flavorful, it might not have a good aroma, not necessarily off-putting, but it's just not nearly as strong as it was when you first opened it. So you can smell your spice, you can stick wet your finger, taste it really quick. If the color is slightly faded, if any of these things you find to be true with any of the spices that you have in your cabinets, time for them to go for a ride in the country as well. Same with that cilantro we just talked about. So usually the lifespan for a ground spice is, wait for it, wait for it, six months to a year. I know for a fact I have some ground spices in my own cabinet that I've probably had as long as I've been married. So there's that. I should probably go through my own cabinets when we're done here and do a little winter cleaning whole spices last a lot longer they can last for up to five years so it might be good to invest in some whole spices and honestly they have a ton more flavor when you're cooking with whole spices you want to toast them slightly in a pan pull them out get a mortar and pestle and then just pulverize them with your with your mortar and pestle and when you've tried whole cumin for the first time, or whole coriander like that, is just so much different. And think, they last a heck of a lot longer than ground spices. So, moral of the story, go invest in some really cool whole spices, a mortar and pestle, and then you've got something that'll be a lot more shelf-stable, and your food will taste a heck of a lot better. Happy cooking! And our last question today comes from Lauren in Massachusetts Lauren writes Any tips for meal planning? I got you girl Lauren I hope you're ready and I also think this is an apropos time to introduce our guest today so she is someone that I feel so grateful to have known since we were in high school I think we met when we were probably 15 or 16. She is the most gorgeous, fiery, beautiful soul. She also has fiery red hair. She's my trainer, one of my closest friends, a source of daily inspiration, a fellow Sagittarian. I want to welcome to the podcast my dear friend, Kristen. Hey, lady hey how's it going
1: good good how are you
0: good good thanks so much for being on and for for sharing your expertise with the world oh my god I'm excited my pleasure Ah, awesome so let's just start right away so I have an awesome question from Lauren in Massachusetts and she was wondering what tips or tricks that we have for meal planning
1: oh I do love that question Mm. um So one of the things that I really like to do is I won't do a hard prep, uh, but I'll do a few things that can weave in and out of different meal plans. But the very first thing I do is if I write my grocery list and I'll write, I'll literally write five different dinner ideas down and then write the ingredient list based on that. And also have backup plans. So like if your week goes sideways or your Monday, I don't know what it is about Mondays and Tuesdays, but they're easy dinners for me. Like I don't have the energy to be elaborate. If you want enchiladas, they're coming on the weekend. Um, (laughs) I love that. Oh, I love that. I have default plans for easy ingredients. And I always start with like veg, the most important part, you know, veg first. And then I'll prep a few things if I'm lucky. Like, you know, maybe I'll make some quinoa, some roasted veg, and like some your chicken thighs, and then those are just in the fridge. And then I work around those three things.
0: That's awesome, you know, I do the same thing that you do on, like, say, I'm going to go grocery shopping on Saturday. I used I used to go on Saturdays now since I've been out of work. I go on like a Tuesday, which is such a luxury. I mean, it's a whole nother version of grocery shopping out there during the week, during the day. I mean, the demographic is much different than the weekend or grocery shoppers, where it's like. You you it's every man for themselves, and then during the week,
1: the week, please. yeah,
0: during the week it's like you're with grandma and grandpa or like the moms, and they're just kind of lazily walking around. You're like, move out of my way! I need that Robbie. What are you doing? <laughs> you know, like stop staring at your phone, Nana. Move it. So anyway, I do the same thing where I will pick like one or two cookbooks, flag some recipes in them, pick five, write the ingredient list put it in my grocery list. And then I love that you have plan B's. That's so smart because halfway through the week, me too, that I'm like, I don't want to make fucking. Or that. all
1: of a sudden it doesn't sound good. Mm-hmm. It like, sounds so good on Sunday night when I'm writing it down or Monday afternoon, mm-hmm. but when I'm like, Oh God, why did I want that? Totally. And-
0: How do you do your plan B's? So like, say, give, let's just say like you're making chicken soup, quinoa stir fry with veggies and whatever and blah 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 blah. like what would a plan b then be
1: oh okay so plan b here's how this works there are certain vegetables that i always buy like i will always have mushrooms spinach and sweet potatoes and Mm. from there i can pivot in any direction so say i was planning on making like quinoa stuffed portobello mushrooms and all of a sudden i get there with like you know sauce and herbs and blah 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 I get there and I'm like, "Oh, that's elaborate for a Wednesday night. <laughs> um, all of a sudden it's, and this is one of my go-to meals. It's really easy, really healthy. Mm. I'll saute the mushrooms and the spinach and I'll let them kind of keep fizzling. And then I'll whisk a bunch of eggs, pour it over that mixture. Let it kind of fry up for a few minutes. Put some, sort like I put a little bit of shredded cheese on top and then I whip it in the oven until it's like golden brown. Ooh. It's instant dinner, it's full of vegetables and I don't feel guilty. But, you know, was it my first plan? No, but it'll do. It makes a meal.
0: That's awesome. So you go into that frittata direction. That is so, oh my gosh, I am so full of ideas now. I need to start writing these down. And now I'm starving again and just ate lunch about a half an hour ago. Thank you for that.
1: Oh, it makes a super fast lunch too. I think I always have that on hand because it's it makes for a filling meal. And you know, breakfast for dinner is great, but breakfast for lunch is great too. Breakfast for any time is just really
0: anytime. I'm with you. Breakfast for dinner is like my favorite spur-of-the-moment thing where I'm like, oh, I just want eggs. Just, oh, no I doubt. Eggs. I couldn't live yeah. without eggs. No, me neither. I feel bad for vegans. I mean, no offense to vegans. I'm sure you've got great breakfast options, but eggs, man, they're the jam. They're the jam. My previous episode in episode two, which just aired, um I mentioned something you said in one of our workouts, oh, the, start of of, <laughs> the start of one of our workouts the other day. And it was genius though. And it made a lot of sense. We were talking about how a lot of people hit the reset button in January. And you said, you know, it would actually be a lot better if people did that like once a month rather than once a year. Mm-hmm. And so what I was wondering was, what small changes do you think someone could make to their healthy diet or or whatever to, to bring their health and self-awareness to that next level, even just small little changes,
1: small little changes. Um, I mean, I don't know how small this is, but start actually, I don't, I don't count calories. I don't count carbs. I I'm probably one of the weirdest trainers in that. I don't do that, but what I do is I count vegetable servings. How many servings of vegetables are you getting in a day? And I guarantee you, because I'm not getting seven to, what is it, 11 servings of fruit and veg a day. Just start- it's supposed to be 11. Something like so it's two and a half cups of veg and one and a half cup okay. of fruit. So in you know, a half a cup of like carrots is a serving.
0: Okay.
1: Um, okay. So just like simply, I would just start there and just at the end of your week be like, how much fruit and vegetable am I eating? Mm. and it kind of it's kind of a hard reset every time like you look at it and realize really fast that you're not eating enough because somehow the day the days get going and I look around and I'm like how do all my meals become bread-based it and mm. a lot of people I think do that so I would Absolutely. say simply just start there and then water how much water are you drinking
0: yeah, and how, I know that there's a threshold of like you can overhydrate, and then you need to add in more electrolytes and salt back into your body.
1: Sure, um, but, I don't but think I, the I, average person, no. or even you know, the average fitness enthusiast, is going to come close to that.
0: No, no, I think you really have to try to drink like gallons yeah, a day exactly. to to reach that point. But so that's a great tip. So just adding more vegetables and fruit, and you can still eat some crap. Oh it's, yeah, just need absolutely. To, Yeah. Add in more of that. That makes so much sense. Now, before we jumped on, I definitely mentioned to the world exactly what you do and how, you know, when we fell in love. And I know we talked about this also in our, one of our training classes that a lot of people start working out again in January and haven't for a while. And as a professional trainer, I know this must just break your heart. You're happy, but at the same time, you're like, oh no. So what are some things that if we want to start working out again, you would recommend for the average Joe or Mary, or if you're non-binary, I don't know. Or any of the above. Any of the above.
1: You know, slow, steady, and pick the workout that you're actually going to do. I mean, if you don't want to lift heavy weights, then don't go by lift heavy weights. If you like Zumba, that's your workout. That's great. Find the workout that you are actually going to do like whatever you enjoy for fitness. That's the workout for you. It might not be right for the next person, but the next person isn't doing the workout. I, I honestly think Starting there, find the thing you actually enjoy doing, or maybe enjoy is even a stretch because I do have some clients who positively despise fitness, but they do it for other reasons. <laughs>
0: like me. <laughs> you know,
1: but it ends up being not so bad. It's not so yeah. bad after you get it done. You know, a good sweat is, is cathartic. Um, well, you
0: said, and I always, this has always stuck with me that you will never regret a workout. Never.
1: No, not It's mm-hmm. It's always going to be worth it. So find the thing you're going to do and then just start slowly, like even if you do it once a week. I mean, granted, I definitely want everyone working out more than once a week. But if you only do it once a week to start and you just build some steam that way, don't don't get too far into the excitement of fresh start, new beginnings going to tackle it all. It's just it's 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 insurmountable at that rate and just give yourself a pass in that department and go slow. Every, Mm -hmm. every time you attempt a new change in your life, like if you tackle something and and I mean, that's kind of when I come back to like checking in every month and maybe resetting from there because it doesn't get so far out of hand if you constantly have a loose eye on it.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think you're right. Like you need to start the small building blocks of building those healthy habits that, you can't. It's not an all or nothing scenario with most of us that it's literally, like you just said, one workout a, a week for a month and then maybe mm-hmm. add in another half a workout if you can during the week. And then you build it that way because you almost start craving it after a while of doing that. It feels so good after the fact. Oh, and you're like, absolutely. yeah. And you just want, you want to catch that feeling even more so. So I appreciate that in this episode i also had a question about food gadgets and somebody asked me what my favorite food gadgets were and so i listed a bunch and i was wondering if you had any favorite food gadgets that you would recommend i really appreciate
1: the straightforward ones you know the food processor i love that thing Uh, Mm there is not much you can't really do in it um even the mini ones which are really cheap like i think you can get a mini food processor for something like 30 dollars and you can make a quick, you can do all kinds of stuff, just anything. If you don't like chopping, it makes that lazier for you. If you want quick salsa, um, you can do Dutch babies in a food processor.
0: Oh. Uh, so Okay, wait, hold on, pause. Explain to everybody what a Dutch baby is.
1: Oh God, Dutch babies. So they're, um, are they German? Do you know? Yeah, I think they're German. Okay, you take a cast iron skillet. First you whip all the ingredients into a food processor, which is, they probably sound really decadent, but they're not that bad for you. They're very high in protein. Um, and you whiz it up until it's like a thin pancake batter and then you just let it rest for a little bit and then you're going to heat the oven very very high with a little butter or vegan butter or whatever you're using in the pan and when it's ready you pour it all in put it back in the oven and it bakes up into this puffy golden brown um sort of crispy on the outside sort of custardy in the middle Pancake popover thing. And then, you know, traditionally it's what is it? Lemon juice and powdered sugar. But I've just been mm-hmm. doing, I take frozen fruit, like frozen blueberries and raspberries, and then I just warm them up so that the juices run out of them and put that over the top of it with a little bit of syrup. Oh, I'm not going to lie. Yeah. I've been making those for dinner lately too. I had, <laughs> one, had never had one. So now, and now like every third day, it's Dutch baby night.
0: Oh my God. I love it. Do you serve it with anything else or just, just
1: that? Sometimes some eggs on the side to make it feel more like a meal. I mean, I mm-hmm. suppose you could do bacon if you're feeling really elaborate or a fruit salad, but pretty
0: straightforward. Oh man. Now you got me hungry oh, for a Dutch bacon. Guess what we're having for dinner tonight, honey. They are so, so easy to make. I love that. Okay. So a food processor. I agree with you totally on that. Awesome. What else for a food gadget?
1: Oh, food gadget. Let's see. Yeah.
0: And it oh. could be, it doesn't necessarily need to be an appliance. Like I, I said, for example, I oddly enough use a microplane. I use a microplane oh. in almost every other meal and it's not something that you would normally think. Like, I just love, I guess, citrus zest and ginger and I can microplane garlic or like really good, like Parmigiano Reggiano and I want it to be super fine and fluffy,
1: Yeah, that was it's weird that you said that because the next thing that went to my mind that came up Mm. to my mind was I, you know, I have the little um, I guess it is a microplane, but I primarily use it for, you know, lemon, lime or a fresh nutmeg. And that's the next thing that came to mind because it's a tiny little thing and I get a lot of use out of it, surprisingly, but it always adds. It's like the difference of a super simple recipe, but then yep. get your hands on lemon zest and who knew that lemon zest or lime oh. zest was going to be the the total Magic. changing
0: element of a meal or even a drink for that matter. Totally agree with you. I, I found, I fell in love with putting lemon zest in certain pasta dishes and it just makes it so satisfyingly zingy and come together so nicely. Cause we just here in our culture, we definitely don't put enough acid. I think in our food like you see in other Persian cultures or in the Middle East, okay. they have so much more acid in their dishes that just give you, I don't know. It's, I, I like acid, I guess, in my dishes. So I'm with you on that. But
1: you know, that makes sense because when you think about it, have you ever gotten takeout from somewhere or gone to a restaurant and then you get home and you're like, oh, I'm going to recreate that. And you get going, and like, what's missing? And it probably is something really simple like an acid, but mm-hmm. it's not common to us. We wouldn't think to go
0: there for it. Mm-hmm. no totally in the uh great theme of food adventures have you been on any good even if it's like a takeouty kind of food adventure lately that you're just were stoked on actually yeah so
1: obviously there's no traveling and mostly it's mm-hmm. out around here um but there's this little place and it used to be the building and the business had been there forever it's called like darlene's subs or something um and it recently sort of transitioned over. It still has the Darlene sub signs on it, but it's now Nikki's Bon Me. And it's from Nikki who has these bon me tacos and they're outrageous. So good. Uh, you know, like a lemongrass pork, a super spicy like sriracha aioli, like pickled cabbage and carrots and cilantro. Outrageous. So so we're doing it tonight actually. <laughs> in a taco form too I, I love that and it's like three tacos for ten dollars where I mean, oh my gosh see that
0: that's awesome oh now i need to and that's in portsmouth or Kidder. yeah that's
1: in portsmouth
0: okay i gotta take a road trip to get some Bon mi tacos that okay. sounds utterly delicious um is there anything right now that you are super excited to cook
1: um so it's more of a baking thing. Last Ooh, weekend, yeah. I made a loaf of um, my husband's Greek, and there's this Greek New Year's Day bread, and I'm gonna butcher the name called like Vasil- vasilopita. I hope that's right. Um, I think
0: that's right. Let's. Uh, you had me at hello.
1: So we, I found a recipe for that, and it's it's you know it's bread, so it's an all day event, and it made two loaves. So we, we I did that, and then the next day we brought it over to his mother's, and you know you slice a piece off for like each member of the family in order of birth and then whoever, there's a coin shoved into the loaf somewhere and whoever gets the coin has good luck for the year. So I did that and the bread came out really well and breads I love baking and I've done it for a long time, but bread has always been kind of like, oh, it could go either way. And I've had yeah. more like rock loaves than actual edible bread in my lifetime.
0: Oh, for sure. And like, what kind of bread was it? Was it like a... It's uh, sort of on the brioche-ish
1: front. Like there's mm. eggs, there's a little bit of oil, no butter, um, orange zest, really lovely, rise up beautifully. It was so pretty that I was like, oh, next weekend I'm doing cinnamon swirl bread. Like I instantly was like, oh, now I'm a bread baking (laughs) pro and I made one nice loaf of bread.
0: I love it. Oh my God. I'm going to have to look that one up too. I am horrible at baking. I am, I love trying. I'm so inspired. I watch all the baking shows, but I can't follow a recipe for shit. And every time I do bake, it is like, you just described a rock hard disaster of Epic proportions. And I have thrown away more things than we even have time to talk about for my baking disasters. Like uh, the other day, my mom, so during COVID times, my mom and my two aunts and I were doing this like once a week cooking thing. And they wanted to make, I, I think it was like a mate, no, a toffee blondie with bacon bites or something oh in it. Right. Yeah. And I was, and I'm not really into super sweet things, but I was like, okay, great. So we're making it and we're all on a FaceTime call and we're getting all of our ingredients together. And I, we're all whipping it up in the bowl. And I look down and I'm like, why is this so buttery? I'm like, the butter is like oozing out of the don't batter. And so I look at them and I'm like, is yours like that? They're like, no, what'd you do? I'm like, well, you know, I mean, it's three sticks of butter. They're like, no, it's not it's three quarters of a cup. No. <laughs> <laughs> like, oh, shit! <laughs> and, then, and then they were like, just double it. I'm like, okay. So then I doubled it. It was double the disaster. It And I put it in the same type of pan that it was supposed to be in oh. for half of it. So, you know, it never baked. And then I called, my <laughs> old, Todd called me and he's like, so how's, how'd the baking go? I'm like, oh, it's waiting for you when you come <laughs> home. <laughs> it's like, I'm not touching that. It was so gross. Oh, yeah, that went for a ride in the country. So I applaud you for your for your amazing baking skills. Oh, that's funny. Is there anything that you'd like to promote to our listeners?
1: Oh, about me, you mean? Yes, about you. <laughs> um, well, yep, I'm a personal trainer in the Kittery, Portsmouth area. So if you're looking for training, I do have a little studio space, and I run an online group that features a handful of spectacular Women, we work out together. It's like half workout, half, you know, group therapy. It's great. I think that's it. I think that's all I have yeah. going about my And
0: that's on Thursdays and Saturdays. It and is, how can yes. people get a hold of you?
1: Uh, through my email address, I would say it mm-hmm. would be the easiest way to do it. All right. It's Kristen, K R I S T E N dot scontris, scontras, S C O N T R A S. I almost misspelled my own last name at gmail.com.
0: <laughs> awesome. Awesome. So, I have one more question for you, if you don't mind. Oh, of course. Okay. If COVID wasn't a thing and money was no option, where would you go and what would you eat?
1: Oh, um, you know, it would, it would be somewhere European. And, um, I mean, so my heart is like, oh, you really want an Irish scone, but I've had that. So I should move on to somewhere that I haven't (laughs) been. And I would say, you know, France, the French countryside where I'm eating like a beautiful fish dish with like pretty little potatoes and then out mm. on some kind of gorgeous tart at the end. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The, I'm with like, you. The French countryside, I think.
0: Oh, I am so with you. I love that. Oh, let's go to France, everybody. Yeah,
1: why not? Bags
0: are packed. Well, I, Kristen, I can't thank you enough. You have to come back on. We have I'm to right. have, maybe it's a monthly update of how everyone's doing with their health like we should do, a monthly check-in with our dear friend Kristen. Everybody please email her for all of your training needs. She's amazing. I can attest to it. I've been working with her now for about nine months and um well I'm fit as a fiddle. So you are fit. There you have, <laughs> there you have it. And I'm starting to lift heavier weights with her guidance. So there you have it. Oh thank you for having me. So much fun so much fun. Thank you so much. I love you. Love you too. All right. I'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Well, that was fun. I can't believe it. We've come to the end of episode three time flies and you're having fun and I want to thank Kristen again for being on the show I put all of her contact information on the website I can't stress to all of the listeners enough if you're looking for a trainer in the Portsmouth or Kittery area in person she is absolutely amazing and if you want to join our virtual classes on Thursday mornings and Saturday mornings it's inspirational it's so much fun and the women in the group are amazing. Not to mention you're getting an incredible workout. So I highly recommend doing that as well. Keep all of your questions coming and please send them to letsgoonafoodadventure@gmail.com at gmail.com and tag me in all of your food adventures on Instagram or the recipes that you make at letsgoonafoodadventure. Thanks again for everything you guys. Stay safe and happy cooking.